welcome to the Founders Foyer with me, Aishwarya. This foyer is full of conversations. The space where creators, founders, and builders look for all the support and concepts to grow their ideas into products. If there's one phrase that's ruling all of our social media experiences today, it's OpenAI's GPT. It's amazing to see the wonders of large language models kick in with everyday user experience. And the best part is we're just getting started. Beyond exposing ourselves to a lot of these tools that spin out of AI, I think as builders, it's important for us to dig deeper into understanding what the space of tech advancement could mean for us, especially from the lens of ethical tech, personalization, personification, API layers, user-generated content, and so much more. And today, we'll be chatting all about this with Travis Fisher, AI researcher, entrepreneur, and software developer who has been working in this open source space for nearly a decade previously also with stints at Microsoft and Amazon. Travis has built a bunch of OpenAI-based projects and he loves working towards the passion economy, which I think we'll be digging deeper into as we have the conversation forward. So hey, Travis, thank you so much for being here with me. Oh, thank you, Aishwara. Thank you for the lovely introduction. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to be here and have a conversation. Likewise, I, I can't wait to get started because I think we're going to be discussing about something that is super hot and like the sort of the conversation just, just goes around on every single platform that we open. So can't wait to get started. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> AI is just, it's it's everywhere. It seems to be happening so quickly. And, <laughs> you know, there's there's a, an equal amount of uh, excitement and and dread depending on you know where you fall on that spectrum exactly uh, so happy to, to dive into some of the details and and also talk about kind of some of the practical side around you know the the developers founders practitioners yep absolutely which is exactly what we will be discussing today so you know why don't we start with how being an operator founder and you know now experimenting with a lot of ai based projects how has your journey been so far like we could start with what brought you into tech and like, how did you discover all of these paths forward? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So I'll, I'll give my, my quick kind of version of that. Uh, I mean, I got really my start in tech uh, building open source TI calculator games back in high school. I didn't know oh, it was wow. open source at the time, right? But it was like, oh, somebody passes around the game and you can you can hack on it. You can like like check, check out the code and, and tweak things. And I just fell in love with it, right? Uh, so... Um, that's how I got my start, ended up studying computer science and math in college, uh, went on to work at Microsoft on some research operating system stuff for a few years, which, you know, it's, it's, it's great to learn like real software engineering at a big company and, and, and get that experience. Um, at the same time, I was always, yeah. uh, looking towards, uh, startups and the shiny thing, you know? Uh, so left there in about 2011 to join a startup in New York. Uh, we, yeah, so, so we, we ended up, uh, uh, getting acquired by Yahoo. That was a cool process, you know, building a startup kind of from the, the ground up. Um, mm -hmm. and since then, you know, I've kind of had a couple of different, uh, uh, founder journeys and worked all over the, the, the tech space, um, moved to Thailand for two years, worked, worked oh. at tech stuff out there. Uh, you know, I have two small exits under, under my belt, uh, that I'm very mm -hmm. proud of. Uh, and these days I'm really focused on two things, uh, AI first and foremost and open source and, you know, open source is at the heart of everything that I do. I just believe very fundamentally in the power of open source in using mm -hmm. it as a medium, 
a very efficient medium for affecting change and, and experimentation out there. Uh, and I think it goes hand in hand with, with AI. So, you know, I am, I'm building and playing around in the AI space, uh, trying to figure out what's next. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That sounds so, you know, refreshing to hear in terms of like playing around with tech and especially at the time when there's a lot of, uh, advancements and a lot of, um, new things for us to, uh, venture into. And, you know, what makes me uh, very happy about hearing your journey is how you've got this whole, yeah, learning foundations at Big Corp and trying to understand, okay, how does software engineering work? How do I build products? And then like going around and building something on your own and uh, sort of also ending the story with a couple of exits. So I think it's it's like every chapter has been covered and you feel like every time you start, it, it's, it's kind of like a whole journey in itself. And then you f kind of feel more fuel for the next journey ahead. So it sounds yeah. like that. Absolutely. I mean, the, the one thing I will say now that like, I wish I understood as a younger version of myself <laughs> is so much of the tech industry uh, views going the, the, the venture route, creating a venture scale startup as mm -hmm. this thing which we hold on a pedestal, right? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I know like that that for a long time you know i view that as like my definition of success right and i have a lot of friends mm. who have, have gone and, and 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 you know successfully built those type of companies and i've, I've tried to more than once and uh you know to varying degrees of success but it's uh in in my view now i think a lot of those those young ambitious uh developers makers would probably be better off uh creating creating more calm businesses and, mm -hmm. and trying to, to build a business that that is actually profitable um mm -hmm. creating creating something well the thing that i didn't understand about the venture business model for instance is you know it, it really incentivizes a very specific type of business and mm -hmm. you know VCs are all about well i'm gonna invest in 100 companies i don't care if 98 of them die I only care essentially about the one that is a thousand X value, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm simplifying a lot there, but it it introduces, I, I think, a lot of, you know, grow at all costs, perverse mentality type things for for early founders that that leads to issues with like mental health and and yeah. uh, just going about things and building building real sustaining value in a way that uh, certainly for myself personally. Um, you know, that, that is, is incredibly difficult and also sometimes at odds with building, you know, real businesses. So, uh, yeah, but that's, that's again, personal opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, I think, uh, I, I would agree with you to say that there's also many other, uh, less travel paths or rather I would say many interesting things that you could do beyond just looking at, okay, I want to start something. So it should be probably like bootstrap or just like venture backed and, there are multiple ways and I think today's indie makers and today's creators have shown there are like multiple ways that you can take beyond these two uh, much travel path that I would say and especially yeah. at a time when micro SaaS and uh, a lot of no code uh, and and uh, low code projects are just coming up I think it, these are all giving people uh, the chances to say that okay there's like so much to explore there's so much to get your hands dirty on and try and then like get that to be profitable and um, one heartening thing for me to see is how the 
the whole built-in public has made people to talk about some of their success and as well as the challenges as a part of this journey, right? And they get like a lot of help. Let's say today I'm just going to put out a tweet that says, hey, I'm just building this stuff and I think I'm kind of stuck here. I would love for you to give me more details here. And I think people are quite heartwarming. They're coming forward to help. Hey, you know, I did this piece of code last week and like I could help you with this and this is something that I have exposure on. So I think that that's sort of building on each other's ideas and like just getting very candid with, you know, what part of the learning journey that you are in and trying to just get people up there. I think that's that's more happening now and, and it's like very, very equivalent to what you were just mentioning in terms of like getting to a profitable path. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you bring up, I was just writing out a few notes, like you bring up a couple of, of great points. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love the indie hacker community, you know, the the concept of micro SaaS. Uh, to, to give some context, the, the last startup that I founded was called Sassify. And that was in 2018. And the whole goal or my mission was really uh, to try and help developers like myself make the transition from like, I love hacking on stuff. I love building, you know, projects to, hey, I have a a, a profitable, sustainable side business. Um, mm. And that's a really hard transition to to make. It is. Uh, you know, I, I from from my own perspective, like, I love open source. If I could spend all of my time doing one thing and kind of maximizing my like utility for, for putting value out into the world, I, I, for me, that's, that's open source. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the challenge comes in that over time, it becomes mm -hmm. really hard to sustain that, you know, you, you, you have, uh, responsibilities, you have a personal life, you have family, uh, you know, and, and, and you need to justify why you're not working at big tech and making a good salary, you know, th these types of things, right. Are, are, very real trade-offs. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have yeah. the opportunity to speak with a lot of, you know, developers, indie hackers, makers who, who are trying to make that transition. Ultimately, mm. this goes back to my earlier point about the kind of venture route versus like the uh, uh, calm uh, companies or, or portfolio of small bets. There, 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 there are different terms for this. You know, micro SaaS is a, is a great, uh, great term as well. Um, but I, I put all of that in, in the bucket of like, not jumping on the VC hype train, you know, just trying to build something a, kind of with a, a, a more well-defined, smaller focus that mm. I think is, and, 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 you know, the community aspect is huge, yep. like Absolutely. build in public indie hackers, like, well, uh, you know, part of it is, is what we're doing right now. Right. Like, like I think the creator economy and, and folks, folks like, like yourself who are, Helping to uh, shine a spotlight on people's people's struggles, their journey, um, uh, and 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 you know, cr creating a, a name for yourself in, in, kind of in the process yeah. is is one just as equally like 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 path to path to success and, and just following following your your passion for doing this type of type of thing. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear, you know why a little bit about like like I, I know it's kind of reverse interviewing, but a little bit about <laughs> like like why you're doing this and 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 you know I'm I'm sure there's a a yeah, good story no, there. <laughs> uh, I was I was just gonna like side with you there and saying that uh, me starting the founders for you was just about the time when I as a creator I, when I was tinkering around with ideas I kind of found that hey wait I, I I do have a lot of questions and whenever I go to social media I see people talking about okay here's how you scale things here's how you do one extra ten x here's how you do uh, all the all the grander parts of building products but when it came to answering very simple questions when it came to like just basically being hey I know this is silly but then I would love for some help here there was literally like no 
uh, you know, sort of a community or no sort of uh, playbook to bank on when it came to uh, working on early ideas and and especially as creators and and uh, developers building these microsas products. And just as an example, uh, I wanted to like create like a whole you know community or a space where you can like look up to conversations with such people, people who have like done uh, and uh, more than scaling stuff, they've done something, they've worked on ideas, they've like sort of seen how the idea has grown from zero to one. So uh, that, that was the base of why I started this. So like I can absolutely empathize with what you were just saying in terms of, uh, yeah, just, just wanting to solidify that community and uh, sort of like build it one step at a time and then, you know, get to the profitable uh, stage at it. Yeah. Let's, let's talk maybe, I, I, sorry, <laughs> I, I would love to, to hear your perspective on, on the, the um, community aspects. Like I know, uh, you know, when, when, when you look at like going the venture route, uh, there are a lot of resources available. Um, mm -hmm. when you look at, at kind of doing the indie hackers build in public, you know, there's like Twitter, there's indiehackers.com. I, I throw GitHub in there as like a very valuable yeah. resource. I think. Yes. Oftentimes. Yeah. Um, there's product hunt. I would say like to an extent, it yeah. sort of lets you meet you know fellow hunters fellow folks who are building out something and just like trying to uh you know create that hype around uh, and, and just bringing like a very close-knit community through discussion so uh but yeah huge fan of indie hackers because i remember during my early days of uh you know working on no code projects i used to go up and read on a lot of these posts that people made in those respective groups like trying to understand okay so these were the challenges for them and uh, it's pretty much like what i'm going through as well so let me like just just read it and, and get some basic idea on it yeah a hundred, hundred percent. But that I, I still think there's, there's a huge gap and, and, and yep. need as, as more and more builders, especially young builders, you know, uh, realize that, that, um, there's this path to independence, uh, to the, the path less traveled, if you will, um, to, to building a sustainable kind of online digital identity, yep. whether that's through micro SaaS, whether that's through, you know, uh, uh, creating, creating content and then, and then the kind of, uh, creating in, info products or, or, mm, uh, mm. or, uh, you know, there, there's, there's all, all these different paths set to monetization around it, but it starts from like putting yourself out there and, and, uh, th th there's a big need though for, for resources. Yeah. To help yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah. No, I think the need part, as you say, is so real because, uh, there's only like incrementing a uh, uh, number of people uh, who keep entering into the space and who would want to explore and do a lot of things. So now that we're talking about, uh, you know, being a, being an indie hacker or like trying to, uh, I, I remember there was uh, this investor legion who spoke about passion economy and uh, it's also something that you often quote. So uh, now that we're in this cusp of doing something that's more uh, profitable as well as like very fruitful for the purpose that we're working on, uh, what do you foresee as challenges that are still not addressed? Aside from the fact that we need to have a lot of content a lot of um uh you know cognition around okay this is what uh, uh you know we're supposed to work towards uh what, what else do you see as challenges in the path especially you know for folks who would now want to move from a big cop kind of a job and like, trying to do something on their side or trying to turn this into a full-time uh, uh career it's it's a great question um I, I i love that you mentioned legion she's she's one of my favorite people i don't know her like, Mine as like well. <laughs> you know, personally but like i just look up to her a lot uh passion economy is awesome um she's done a lot of work for uh kind of being a 
uh, a, a role model and and pushing that forward, um, both as a voice as well as as just personifying a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of what she she's um, advocating for. Uh, talking about you know what are, what are the main problems uh, and and in and also what are, what are the main problems that that people focus or, or, or will will encounter you know trying to enter into the creator or the passion economy. I think that the number one on 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 my radar is the uh, the fact that it, like the the power law of success. Uh, mm. So you know pretty much every centralized platform, YouTube, Spotify, uh, you know, podcast, whatever, whatever type of content you create, whatever platform you you end up choosing to distribute your, your content on, um, there is almost universally a, 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 a kind of power law uh, associated with the amount of revenue and, and you know, the, the amount of success that, that you end up getting. So what I mean by that is like the top, you know, 0.1% or top, top 1% of creators get 99% of, of the revenue. Um, and then, you know, it's not that, that everyone else gets nothing. It just, it just tapers off very, very quickly, you know, and, and, and that, if you were to extrapolate that and you think about, well, if, if, if more and more people are, are moving to this, this kind of uh, world in the future, that doesn't bode well for, uh, for, for kind of equality. Mm. And, and, uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll just make, uh, the, the inequality problem. Um, yeah, the needle is just stop on, on one side. And then there's this, I think this, this is very similar to what we face with big tech as well, right? There's always like a, uh, you know, uh, uh, an authoritative kind of a brand that's just like taking up most of the revenue and there's like monopoly in that space. And, uh, the rest of it is, is basically like being accrued or like being just like, um, uh, acqui hired on, and there's always like you know, one particular thing uh, that's like top yeah. on the big tech side. So, yeah. Yep. And so that, that's, that's a, a very, very important problem that uh, you should at least be aware of kind of entering mm-hmm. into this space that, that this exists in terms of ways to, uh, you know, uh, help, help remedy it. Mm-hmm. Um, this brings me to the, this like second big problem is, the, the problem of platform risk. So if you okay. choose to be a creator or a Twitter creator, and, mm. and I have a great example of this, that's, that's, that's relevant. Um, you know, you're, you're investing a lot uh, on, on this platform as, and, and, and your, your fate as, as the business, as a, as a creator is really in their hands, uh, you know, so yeah. Uh, one thing that that uh, Lee and, and a lot of other folks uh, encourage people to do early and often is to try and own your audience, uh, meaning mm. instead of just having followers, you know, try to transition those followers to an email list, which is kind of a neutral uh, party that regardless of if, if if Twitter, you know, jacks up their their, their API prices by 42,000% or if, you know, just a hypothetical yeah. uh, or, or if, you know, say, say YouTube were to ban you or, or something, you know, uh, like there's, there's a lot to be said for having control uh, or some, some aspect of control over your, your audience and having direct communication with them. Um, mm. you, you obviously want, want to still use these, these, these huge platforms for the distribution that they give because they mm. can't really beat it. Um, but it's, it's a kind of an existential risk when, when, you know, you put all your eggs in, in, in that one basket. 
Right. Yeah, no, I think it sounds more like a, you know, get your own format of success, like define your own format of success, because uh, this market is like, you know, it's it's more like a, a, a crowded market. They're like ev- everybody wants to be a creator. So obviously, when you're trying to make that move, try to define your own metrics in terms of, OK, what makes success for you and how would you want to monetize it? And like you said, the second one being just like think about the angle of sustainability. How would your content or whatever you build? Uh, go beyond what the platform rules would be like basically like de-risking the whole uh, you know thinking about the platform first approach oh absolutely um and and you know if you're just getting started in in that Mm -hmm. like there's definitely you know a a kind of trade-offs and and, and tension between hey I just want to build build something or or I'm interested in this problem I just want to go explore it Versus mm. the other side, which is like creating content and putting it out there and feeling like that's a job, and and you don't have to do you don't have to do both, right? There there are there are benefits to, to both of those, mm. and you can go like really hard, like ninety five percent in the building and making, and be like five percent, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna share it on on Twitter or or whatever your your favorite platform is, or or um you know, but but I do think that's important to have a balance there, uh and and to to understand the trade-offs of that, of that balance, because right. it can feel overwhelming to, to, to feel like, you know, uh, pa- Packy McCormick, uh, a, a writer who I admire, you know, has this, this saying that we're all part of the great online game, right? We're yeah. all playing this never ending infinite, infinite, uh, game, um, of, uh, attention seeking and, 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 and all this. And that's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's an important thing to realize and, and like kind of it flips your mentality of understanding uh, a lot of this stuff. And, Mm. one it's like it's a positive some some game it's not like you know i get more more viewers and, and you get less viewers it's it, like that's that's a really bad way of, yeah. of, of doing this stuff right yeah it's more like like a, a rising tide lifts all boats uh and you know just just even having some online presence of of sharing sharing your work and getting it out there and, and asking for help from people and just starting that is mm. is huge and has huge compounding effects over over time um yeah. yeah yeah no that's that's a very important point and I'm, I'm so glad that you brought brought it forward travis and i think this this whole uh with so, so many people trying to contend for people's attention as well uh, i think somewhere i've seen how mimicking easily gets to be uh you know one of those traps that we fall into where we say oh that creator is doing this so i think i might also want to just do that so i can like go ahead and i, I go through the same journey get the same thing but that's exactly not you know, suiting uh, your style or the kind of path that you want to take. So I've also seen like, you know, examples where uh, I, I guess until like a few years ago, people used to see that about AI. And even now, a lot of people still have that skepticism about AI. They say, okay, well, AI is just doing this and there's like a lot of buff around it. So should you really have to prove yourself to put an AI? Should you do this? Should you do that? So I think somewhere, well, mimicking is good. But at the same time, I think it's, it's important to like uh, keep, keep aside like a boundary to know, okay, where this makes more sense for you and this doesn't make sense for you. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's a, it's a great, great point. I think the single most important thing uh, or attribute that, that all mm. successful creators have, it doesn't matter whether you're on YouTube or TikTok or you're a software developer or you're a founder is you have to be genuine. Like you have to have right. to, you have to, sincerely come from a place of caring and, Mm -hmm. and, and going about things the right way. And, you know, it's because it's because people see it, right? Like you can tell when somebody is not being sincere or when they're kind of like 
like half-hearted or when they're 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 deliberately ripping off someone um yeah if you speak your own true voice about whatever whatever you're really passionate about and 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 you follow that you you follow that passion wherever it takes you and and and, and you know th there's some tactics that help along the way you know the 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 uh biggest one would be just like learning in public right and 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 not not learning in your own head but getting out there it doesn't have to be perfect like just just sharing as you go and 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 you're going to meet other people who kind of have have overlap in in what they're passionate about and and yeah build relationships it's just that's the way to to do it if you like a, a good example you know I, I i uh is is mr beast's brother um you know had mm -hmm. had uh created a youtube video very much the same format as 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 his brother uh and you know had every advantage in terms of built-in distribution and resources mm -hmm. and everything but it was really just just mr beast's light you know and it was right. it wasn't his own right and, and, I see and it's fine yeah. right like like he was trying to jump from like i don't know who i want to be as a creator to i have a full identity that's like Mr. Beast's brother in like all in one step right and that's hard like you gotta you gotta start you gotta you, you gotta uh start by putting feelers out there start by learning along the way and over time you'll develop an identity of like this mm. is this is who you are this is the voice the way of describing myself that resonates with people and hopefully you know you're you're building uh value and and whether it's products or content or <laughs> or whatever along yeah. the way yeah, now, uh, I, I think that's that's very important as well. And I remember uh, we had uh, KP uh, uh, Kartik Povada on, on the show like a few weeks back. And um, he's somebody who's built a lot of projects in public as well. And we were chatting about a very, very similar concept of how it's important to uh, personify and like try and understand how do you want to contribute? Like as much as there's learning in public, it's also important that uh, you decide your identity and try to like first make sure that you know what you really want to put out for the audience because uh you you are trying to gain the attention of the audience so which means like you have to like put out value so it's important to understand what kind of value you want to associate yourself with so uh yeah i think that's that's a uh you know very important point especially when you're making that transition yeah the, the point is uh of, of kind of this this visual uh which really drives 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 at home is you know the the, the journey takes is is going to take a long time to mm -hmm. bear fruit but there's compounding value over time and i know at, at different parts of, of my journey um even even today you know sometimes i i wake up and i just feel like what what am i doing right or i i i, I lose a little bit of my motivation um and it's it's great that that's where like having uh building you know relationships and building community comes in uh, it also is great to, to find, you know, some modicum of success, whether that's, uh, social success or financial success, uh, around some of these things to, to, to keep you, keep you motivated. But, um, you know, it's, it's just important to realize that it's not going to happen over, overnight. And, uh, but the, 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 the core of finding your voice, finding the type of content that you want to create that is you know, un unique. It doesn't have to start off as unique, but over time, yeah. you kind of find a version of it. Totally. Uh, you know, pays off over time. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, no. I think that's exactly where you know we've got to hit the right nail and understand uh, what really works for us. And and I think over time, like you mentioned, you can always get better at what you do. But it's important to start at the place of uh, authenticity and and trying to like just do what you're really good at, or you know what kind of value you can really provide at that point. 
Absolutely. So uh, I think let's shift gears a bit into AI and, uh, you know, your work in the open source and how both of these meet together. So I know you just built Twitter bot based out of OpenAI's GPT and you've like uh, just crossed about 100k followers on Twitter. So it's amazing yeah. to see that journey. And um, I also know for a fact that there was this one particular incident where you have a lot of users from China trying to use your particular project to describe a Twitter user with a specific username. And this had like crazy engagement. So, you know, why do you think people are just so interested with this personalized content in AI? Like, why, why do you think people would want to, uh, you know, particularly focused on getting content about another person or like trying to personify things? And how do you see this? It's a, a great, great question. Um, I mean, I think there's there's multiple angles there. So there's the the kind of like open source. I can give a little bit of context on uh, different AI projects that, that you know, I've, I've built there, the, the Twitter bot being a, a good example uh, there's the question about, you know, why has, it seems like now it's, it's suddenly just exploded, right? ChatGPT mm -hmm. released November 30th, 2022. It was the, uh, single fastest consumer product to get to, uh, a million, uh, users and then a hundred million, you know, uh, active users, uh, ever like faster than TikTok, yeah. faster than Spotify, faster than you know, any, any product that's ever existed. And this was to, to a large extent, a surprise, even for OpenAI, right? Like OpenAI is really an infrastructure developer tools company. They did, they did not expect to be <laughs> you know, this, this super, super successful yes. consumer. Um, and so to, to some degree, I think, you know, the, the, the question is a little bit, you know, why now, why has AI like, like taken hold over uh, and, and entered into just, just uh, main, the mainstream? Um, mm. so why, you know, are there, are there like, like different types of, of use cases for AI that seem to be, to work really, really well. And, 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 you know, others are, yeah. are uh, lagging behind, um, maybe I'll, I'll start with the, the open source just to get context about like, like my view on, sure. on, on, on this stuff. And, uh, so, you know, I already, already said like oh, ChatGPT launched kind of the, the people in the tech bubble were, were like already like, like on top of it. I was super on top of it and excited about it. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of days later, I, I released uh, an API wrapper, unofficial API wrapper that allowed developers um, to create experiments, projects, hacks on, on top of it and, and integrate it into existing programs. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the chat GPT NPM package, any JavaScript TypeScript developer could create an app powered by ChatGPT. Um, and, you know, to, to be clear, since a couple months after that, OpenAI released an official API and, you know, I've, I'm focusing on the official API now. But, uh, you know, in the early days, it really unlocked a lot of really interesting hackers to just build cool stuff, right? And and this would be like uh, Chrome extensions, VS Code extensions, Telegram bots, WeChat bots. There were literally hundreds of these things that were built on top of either, either my kind of API wrapper or mm. um, I run a Discord community called the ChatGPT Hackers, ChatGPTHackers.dev, uh, if you want to join. <laughs> but you know, it's it, we have about seventy five hundred um, developers, AI enthusiasts, oh, hackers cool. in there now. And the other admins and I, the one thing we all have in common is we all built these kind of AI wrapper or, or API wrappers for ChatGPT in the early days. Um, so there's mm -hmm. like the Python, you know, uh, API guy. There's the Go API guy, and then I'm on the the Node.js JavaScript TypeScript side. Um, you know, and it's just been fascinating. Like it took off like, like 
I've been doing open source for 15 plus years and, you know, I've never seen an open source project take off like this just yeah. because there, I think for a few reasons, like one, we've just crossed an inflection point with how, how usable these models are um, to some degree, the, the large language models powering chat GPT have been around for a few years and, and really mm -hmm. the, the, uh, impetus was this 2017 paper called attention is all you need but it's taken time to really uh scale the models to a point and productionalize them there's this great visual that i, I where you can kind of imagine these large language models as this like uh this blobular alien that that <laughs> even AI researchers don't totally understand how how it works. Like it really is an a, an alien form of intelligence. It's it's a different. It has some type of intelligence. It's different from human intelligence. So it's it's mm. hard for us to kind of we, we we project this this personification to try to understand it right in, in the mm. way. Um, but it's doing something that's fundamentally different from how humans think. And then there's like this little mask. That, that, that's got a smiley face on, on, on the front of the this blobular alien creature. And that's uh, uh, RLHF. That's that's reinforcement learning with human feedback. And that's yeah. that's the piece that makes it like like optimized for using with humans in conversations, right? <laughs> I like that visual because it it reminds me that even the the most like uh, sophisticated AI researchers to varying degrees, Mm. really don't understand this black box like yeah, yeah they understand how to build the box they understand you know the different components and how to test the box and and uh but there's there's large parts of that that black box that are just unclear mm -hmm. um however we've gotten to a point where you can now build applications with this these really powerful you know uh large language models that are usable for my mom right uh or, yeah. or usable for, for kind of the average person and and it's it's past an inflection point of of yeah. power and usability, um, you know. And whether it's a kind of ChatGPT API wrapper or the ChatGPT Twitter bot, which I built on top of mm. that, uh, and 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 you know the the thousands of other cool <laughs> and interesting projects that are going on in this space. That it, it just it's a little bit overwhelming being in it because it it's moving so quickly and and yeah. But but I'm I'm just I'm excited to be playing around in the sandbox, and I learn by building, and I learn by yeah. building public, and 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 you know a lot of lot of everything that I do is open source on GitHub. Um, yeah, we could we could dive into any any <laughs> you know number of, of follow ups to that, but that that gives a yeah, little bit kind yeah. of uh, around. Oh, oh my, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Uh, I think I loved how you, you know, mentioned about um, the LLMs still being there as as these huge aliens, but then there's still a lot of parts that I would say we're just discovering only now. You know, AI has been there for like such a long time. It's 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 very resonating because this is the exact point that I made to one of my friends, and when we both were chatting about why do you think open AI's GPT just kicked off with people? So I think it's sort of democratized the the whole usage. Like it's made the user experience as the top gear uh, as opposed to the actual model. So you know when people chat with it, I think they forget the fact that it's a model. Like it's the same thing that probably LLMs could do even in 2017, 2018. But the fact that 
something has been condensed and and the whole user experience has been made in such a way that i could just let my grandma go and type something there and it's it's like it's going to like really work so i think that yeah. sort of user experience is what made um you know chat gpt as as something that even a school kid would know now or something even like a senior citizen could easily like follow and try to say oh you know i i read about this and it's like all on news channels or media and social media and all of these places so i think the fact that we are getting more closer to uh taking something as complex as this and then trying to use human feedback and input into how can you make this more comprehensible like uh, i i read somewhere that we are making a wave shift from what is called as ai to what is called as agi which is artificial general intelligence like trying to uh, you know get more closer towards how a human brain would think like how would like a human reasoning uh, perform and and like trying to get more closer towards that so i think yeah I, i would definitely attribute to what you just mentioned about the whole um, user experience being uh, uh, transformed and that's exactly one way that uh, you know our shift has been moving towards i mean you bring up agi uh, which stands for artificial general intelligence is a huge huge topic we're not we're not there yet uh, that's not just me saying that that's like um it's just most, like getting to it uh, but yeah AI, AI, we're, we're we're getting ever closer it's it's kind of uh this existential question around well if we pass that panopticon like it's it's opening pandora's box to 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 some degree and and we don't a lot of uh known unknowns unknown unknowns past <laughs> that point i, I want to jump back to, to to i think something a little more grounded uh that that you touched on which is uh these these large language models like chatgpt they use natural language uh and your natural language whether whether you speak english or uh hindi or japanese or what whatever language you speak um is how humans reason and and, and think about things it's 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 powerful because it is it is natural for us right yeah. natural language uh and and you know it unlocks we're 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 at the very early stages of even beginning to understand how much it's going to unlock when natural language can be our our interface to using computers to to augment ourselves you know for for a long time now uh programmers have had superpowers essentially right like like by by creating programs which which are very formal archaic ways of of describing to a computer like exactly what to do a formal specification mm. and there's there's different programming languages of like just like there are different uh you know human languages but but uh, they all boil down to like it's a very specific specification for describing uh what you want a computer to do in different circumstances well now instead of need, needing to know all the details of of programming um you know you can start to control computers just by talking in a natural way and saying hey i would love i i'm looking for uh tickets to go travel to jamaica i mm-hmm. think this is my budget you know i think that i want to go in in march is that a good time and kind of have a, a natural conversation i think the the the, the kind of chat gpt like style chat version mm-hmm. of that where you're typing it into a box and 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 you're getting some chat chat uh, output that's like the 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 v1 of 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 what this is going to unlock there there's going to be so much work now at the application layer around cool and interesting and and wacky uh yeah. 
like like UX and and, and design uh, uh, ways to integrate this. But the, the the key unlock is that it's it's using natural language to that that that's so mm. expressive, that's so simple. Um, it's going to take something that was a superpower for like less than one yeah. percent of the population programmers and unlock a lot of that for you know the ninety nine percent of the population, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you made a very, very powerful thought here. And the fact that we uh, took a leap from writing algorithms, writing programs that the computer would understand, like in the language that the computer would understand to trying to make the computer understand in, in the language that we speak or like the language that we converse with. I think that's that's like the whole whole leap that we've made in the last two to three decades that I would say. And uh, it's it's only unlocking the you know, power of where we're heading towards because now, especially with, uh, you know, OpenAI uh, trying to make a lot of plugins and all of that being built on top of this application layer. I think this, the whole, uh, like how you had the Web 2 and then Web 3 and there was like a defining moment for each of, uh, you know, the years that we passed through. I think uh, a lot of people would now be opened up to what we call as API, which is like just been the nut and bolt of what, you know, you work with SaaS for like these many decades. But now there's a lot more recognition of, oh, you know, I know what API is. I know what API could do. And this whole, oh, I'm going to build an application layer right now is going to, I, I guess, like define the journey of a lot of startups over the next whole decade, because the the, the number of applications in terms of both like as products and also as, as purpose to be solved, I think, uh, it's, it's definitely like numerous uh, to think about. So, yeah. I mean, one one good analogy is if you look back at the early days of computers, like mm -hmm. uh, Intel released the CPU and that was this groundbreaking new computing platform, right? And they unlocked all these things. But it wasn't until these guys like Steve Jobs and uh, Wozniak came along and built, you know, an yeah. operating system on top of it at the application layer and and obviously Apple is now uh, the the most valuable company in the world, right? So, um, not that not that the CPU guys, not that that the 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 lower level guys didn't didn't also have an amazingly successful business, but you know I, I think what we're going to see is a very similar thing happen over the next couple of years now. Uh, and yeah. you know the large large language models and OpenAI uh, uh, being a, a major player there, but there are also other foundational yep. kind of models yep. uh anthropic claude um stability Lama. Uh, yeah Google, Lama. They're, 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 there's a ton they're always coming out a lot of it is noise like you don't need to follow <laughs> everything there but like just knowing that there, there are these large language models that form this basis for essentially like like you can think of it as a new like type of cpu right it's a new mm -hmm. logic primitive and there will be Apple type companies at, that that build on top of it that mm. that use it to build an operating system that use it to build uh, consumer applications, business applications that are going to unlock enormous value. And if you talk to anyone who is confident that they know what that's going to look like, stop listening to them <laughs> because, <laughs> because we don't, right? Like like yeah it, yeah. There's there, there there's prototypes. There's there's demos. There's there's some early kind of uh, uh, interesting uh, products that are, are coming out that I yeah. think are, are trying to yeah. merge like great user experience, great design with the power of these things. But we're mm -hmm. in the early days. Um, yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I think it's more like a, you know, day zero for most of these things. In fact, I was like, um, as an artist myself, I was extremely, uh, you know, intrigued when Control Net was launched. And I was like, oh, so I can basically like do sketches and just transform them into an actual image that can be generated. And that's like cool. That's like, yeah, I played with Dali. That was good. But I think Control Net takes this this whole, uh, you know, model to just an up level where I can I can do a lot more. And like you said, each day you you sort of like try to see, oh, there's people playing around with it. Like there's, there's a lot of papers being published. There's a lot of... Um, uh, uh, algorithms being formed and and these are all like playful experiments so the fact that most of these are like open playgrounds and you can uh, do a lot and and like basically like keep sharing this and make make other people take uh, visibility of it is it's just so exciting yeah yeah i mean oh, just just maybe two quick points um to, to add to to that like you know when the ai progress is kind of happening exponentially right now and mm -hmm. it can feel overwhelming and it can feel yes. like they're just like like it's hard to follow everything and, and it is right even even for people who are really really in it um you don't need to follow everything right like like to, to, to simplify there's kind of like the the research and foundational layer that's going on uh, mm -hmm. uh that is yeah like the number of papers that are that are coming out the number of models the number of of companies and products that are coming out is is mind-boggling you know kind of at a layer above that there's well, now, now that we have these new, new, new uh, uh, tools, or in, in in my case, I, I view them more as as uh, now that we have these new toys, uh, what, what can we <laughs> build with them, right? And I, I'm just playing. I'm literally just playing around in that sand, that I call it a sandbox, um, and and experimenting and, and learning uh, kind of as I go. Um, and I think you know that's that is a, a good mindset to have about this stuff. Like if you see something yeah. like that like your eye is like oh man like what 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 will control that unlock for me or or or, or something like go and play with it and and you're going to learn along the way it helps to build in public bring them back to, early <laughs> to kind of share a little bit of, of, of what you're learning and then you know build build relationships build a tribe uh, of other people who are learning about this this stuff um but don't worry if you're not on top of the latest and greatest almost nobody is uh yeah yeah yeah, no, I think uh, that's a very, very fair point because um, there's like, uh, I think initially, you know, how it started on Twitter was, oh my God, like there's this open AI, there's GPT. And that was like week one, week two was okay. There are like more apps and week three was like, okay, can people please stop talking about this? Like, you know, it's just getting too, too, too much overwhelming. And there's like yeah. one school of thought that's basically like, okay, would AI replace us? Like our jobs are gone, blah, blah, blah. Like there's this whole one school of thought that's going on that side. But uh, I think I also noticed a very interesting thing, which is um, the Future of Life Institute had just started like a whole uh, petition around, okay, let's just like uh, put a halt to the pace of how, uh, you know, AI is just advancing right now because it's like, I mean, as much as it's like a playground and it's super exciting to see how this is getting advanced. Uh, there's also this fear about, okay, I think we just can't keep it very unharnessed because uh, we don't know what, what the repercussions could be or like, you know, just keeping it at without like understanding what the boundary should be is, is, is quite scary. So I think one of my next questions to you is more around that because, you know, let's face the fact we did see how um, Sydney of Bing was like getting hallucinated and like trying to uh, take on the whole personification and that's like being uh, harnessed right now. So with a lot of ethical boundaries that we still need to handle in this advancement of AI uh, at this current point in time, how do you think, uh, you know, ethics plus this advancement can can come together and, and like this whole fear as a factor, how do you think this can be controlled? 
yeah, it's it's a, a great, great question, Ashwar. Um it's it's an, a, a fundamentally new technology in a lot of ways. And anytime there's new technology, there's gonna be a lot of fascinating and and uh useful good use cases for it, but people mm -hmm. will also find ways to abuse it and and use it for uh not not the best best purposes the 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 you know one thing with with ai that is is because it's so powerful in its ability to to misinform or misrepresent or or uh you know create deep fakes or, or you know mm. any, any number of, of mis kind of misinformation type things is is high up there scams you know like you can get a call from someone and and, and it seems like it's, it's a real person that type of thing um that those things will will happen like kind mm -hmm. of regardless of 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 any any uh uh to, to a certain extent they will happen right um mm. we, can, we can try to be a, a, as a community push uh uh the major players the major apis towards uh good safeguards and 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 and, and things and maybe regulations at some point down the line comes into to play if I, i'm being honest like you know you we saw the the congressional hearings around the tiktok uh ceo and and just hearing the type of questions that that uh senators were asking him that just showed a basic like like misunderstanding yeah. of, of how you know technology works for tiktok now imagine that the same type of hearings for for ai like mm. it would just be a, a laughing stock right so i just i i'm not convinced necessarily that that our, our government is in a place that where it would be a value add uh uh to to to, to bring them into the picture or regulate um it is it is concerning like to, to just mm. to talk about uh, the 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 letter and the, the kind of pause or stop ai uh movement um it is it is worth at least i think i think that the the main thing that brings up is the conversation and 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 uh bringing more of that conversation and awareness of the potential uh uh downsides of what continued expanding ai research at all costs uh you know it, it could could lead to is is useful like people should be aware and should be having a conversation right. just around this the practical side of that that you know particular petition is is non-existent like it's just it's it, it the, the the economic incentives and wheels driving uh ai research and 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 things both at the, mm. the geopolitical level you know, between us and china or 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 any other uh international entities and also at the just domestic like like how how economics 101 works uh is is, is just it's 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 impossible to stop those wheels yeah. but it is immensely useful to uh to try and have conversations like we're having right now um and and, yeah. and add to the public discourse around yeah this is this is the, uh uh we're, we're, Satya Nadella from from Microsoft, you know, on, on the the positive view of all this, um, recently said that we're we're going through uh, the an industrial re revolution for yeah. the uh, knowledge uh, knowledge workers. Um, so mm. if you imagine, you know, back in the industrial revolution, if you were a uh, a, a farmer or or, or 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 something like the industrial revolution, greatly affected you. It it made our society as a whole significantly more productive and 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 helped to bring us to where we are today 
but it had downsides, right? And and a lot of people were mm. uh, 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 that they lost their jobs and 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 they had to shift. But it also opened up new jobs. Um, and and there's going to be a yeah. lot of that happens here. The, the the specifics aren't aren't you know as clear yet. Mm. Uh, it's just happening very very quickly, and also a very sped up version of that, which has risks. Um, right. And then and then everything that we're talking about, there's this like giant line of like. AGI, which is oftentimes not not well defined, but but uh, kind of some type of superhuman intelligence. The general part of AGI, meaning it's it, it like like all age all AI eyes today are are mm-hmm. what are known as like narrow AI. They're they're trained and they're very good at doing one thing and one thing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give me some text, I'll give you some text output. Uh, yeah. That type of thing. Now, GPT four, some of the latest models are are showing you know uh like they're able content, to do like yeah yeah exactly they're they're, they're multi-modal to some extent they're, they're, they're starting to to do a wider range of tasks but they mm-hmm. still can't just like do anything right yeah um and you know the the, the line where you get to t- start talking about agi which in my view is is the general uh intelligence that given any any task can kind of uh uh execute execute it at a, a human human type level mm. or or super superhuman uh, agi which kind of goes goes beyond that um yeah that is there were a lot of unknown unknowns past that point where it's just a Absolutely. big question mark and it mm-hmm. yeah like we should be having a conversation if we're, if we're racing towards something that could annihilate us like yes we should absolutely talk about it but but i don't i don't know right like i just from a practical standpoint it's frustrating because I just don't know what we can actually do. Yeah, do about it. I mean, what what do you think? Like, I I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I, I think... Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it is important. And I think uh, uh, as a question myself, like, you know, uh, I, I would completely agree with you there. The, the fact that these are questions that should be raised and uh you know like it's it's good that we are cognizant of um, such debates that come up because as much as we try to invest our efforts into something that is um more like a defining moment for the next you know decade or two uh these are some of those it's like basically like trying to understand what risks could come along with it and um you know you since you brought this context about microsoft i would also see when i was hearing out steven sinofsky from microsoft and like you know he was also trying to make this point that we are at a very very early stage with ai where we should treat it more like a toy like where he was like uh, oh i do this and you give me this output i'm like okay that's interesting so i'm tweaking tweaking this and like now you're giving me this in output that's that's great but you know like the mindset shift is also very important like treat it the way that we are just at the cusp of something beginning and you need to like uh, oftentimes take all of these risks into matter but don't look at it like as though that's like the end point of it like don't look at it like this has been discovered and like oh my god like this is a huge threat it is a threat but then like there's like this is when this is a beginning the threat is definitely going to be like a long lane forward and then you have like more inputs to discover and and try to see how to address that threat in 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 the long term but like trying to stop something at the pace at which it's just getting started or just getting ignited might probably like you know not take us anywhere in the next uh, uh let's say a couple of years because you know like i would say like 10 years ago you know we had uh, i guess our our um, context with ai has been from the early 50s 60s and you know when we had this whole rd uh, uh, part in every big corporate where you had folks working with ai and 
probably like we didn't give give it the whole uh, form and shape and name as it is now but we've always had uh, work going on in ai but uh, i i think until even a decade ago we would not have thought that um, llms is going to shape this this whole future forward for us so um, it's, even it's, when transformer uh, yeah? i just uh, it's a great point no, 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 no. Like, maybe giving a little bit of context around how ai has developed over time um, you know, so, so as you said, a lot of the, 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 the concepts around AI and even a lot of the primitives like neural nets, you know, have been around since the, the eighties or, 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 you know, even earlier forms since, since the fifties, um, like Alan Turing, uh, the, you know, yep. one of, one yeah. of the fathers of, of modern computing, uh, created the Turing test because he kind of anticipated this, the, the, the yes. ability for a computer to, to mimic the human and, 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 and started thinking about, well, what, what are the the implications of that how would you kind of detect that um i think we're well past the the, the, the yeah the we had alice and of, all of these uh, chatbots back then like yeah. i remember as much as like open is right now yeah so so like thinking about the the, the greater grander scale of, of ai progress like there, for a long time um there, there, there were multiple AI winters, right? So that like the, the progress went like this and then it went like this and it kept going up and down, right? And right now, it's kind of since, since 2017, 2018, but, but especially high, like, like a hyper sense since last, last, this past fall, the last six months or so, AI, mm. AI progress has been going like this, right? And it's, it's exponential and we're no longer in AI winter. Now we're in AI <laughs> summer and it's it's like, who, who, who knows what? But to be clear and to, to just tamper expectations, it could end up tapering off and 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 we we find we're at kind of a local optimum um yeah. and then we we kind of get but even if even if the ai progress the base ai progress itself didn't continue and we we kind of got to a local optimum the application side of uh what the current ai progress unlocks in terms of building you know end user applications and things is still going to to push us propel us forward for the next mm. i don't know five years at least like yeah uh, of unlocking those possibilities but we might not be at, at a local optimum it might it might keep going up right and and that's the kind of side of things that that, yeah. that gives researchers pause that gives people who who are thinking deeply about the philosophical about the realistic um mm -hmm implications of, of these things completely with you on that and uh uh you know like i think we should keep asking those questions so there's um you know there's no going back on hey i mean there's one thing to completely ignore these questions and say well there's there's all of this uh, advancements coming through let me just like go build 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 and like look at advancements that's not going to work also because we need to somewhere bring in the ethical uh part into question we need to uh keep uh raising up uh, what are the threats that we could potentially get into? So I think both of these would go hand in hand. I mean, to the question that you were like asking me in terms of my opinion, I think we have to keep raising these questions up, but, you know, not completely hinder the way, uh, you know, AI performs at this current point in time. So like, of course, I don't have like a concrete, you know, like a direction towards, okay, should we like completely stop the pace of where AI is going towards? Because I think we have unleashed a bit of the application layer that we were just talking about where uh, we have shown people the uh, power of what it means to build on top of this. So uh, I guess now there's a lot of... Um, you know, if if the pace has to go um, on an on on like a very stabilized mode or a little slower, I think it's 
it only happens when each of those builders would start raising this question themselves like they try to understand okay my purpose of building on top of ai is not going to be for the fad but it's going to be mostly towards like solving for a certain purpose and like you know trying to ask these questions myself and try to see oh okay what part of the data am i using or am i exposing something uh, and is is it is it you know in the longer run going to be causing a threat so i guess yeah the pace is something that can be controlled only by uh, the controllers who are just going to be building on top of this layer so yeah and i mean like like the great great points like 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 i the way that i think about this as a builder and maybe just a few points of advice for other developers or or, or people who are building on top of ai mm. um the majority of the safety valves and 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 the the alignment research and 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 the the on that side of things is going to happen at the foundational layer which unless you have basically Strong billions foundation. of dollars and and you know are uh, a company that uh like OpenAI or, or or one of their competitors you know you're really not going to be competing at, at that layer right so what we're probably the majority of us are talking about is is building things on top of the foundational layer to give yeah. you uh, one concrete example um OpenAI finished training their most recent large language model called GPT-4 in August of 2022 and they spent mm. the six next six months sitting on it and and uh uh iterating and fine-tuning it based off of of uh uh and 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 doing um red teaming where uh exactly i was it and and, yeah. and really trying to make sure that that it's uh uh quote-unquote safe now that that's not that's not a feel safe process i i know that they they, they care a lot about it um i know that at the foundational layer there are attempts to align these foundational models um but what a lot of us are looking at is is okay well we have this these these new tools these new toys uh and and we want to to, to build uh and, and experiment and, and and build stuff on top of them um you know there are going to be people that use them in an ethical way like hopefully you and i um you know that that, that are trying to build to just just uh one learn and 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 two uh, try try to build things that are useful for for people, um, and there and there, there will always always be uh, in society people who who say, well, what can I uh, do, you know, with, to to subvert elections, or what can I do to um, hurt this person's image, or yeah, uh, you know, what what can I do to 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 make money in a uh, nefarious way or something. I guess just going back to talking about advice for for developers and, and makers in this space um you know to, to to the extent that that you build things obviously try to uh try to try to keep it uh good for for, for, for humanity <laughs> um you know because and, and and if you I, I know you know myself i have a huge list of ideas to, to explore and, and one of the filters that i i, I try to uh I, I try to um, apply before executing on any of them is, is asking like, how could this be abused? Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's, it's a good, a very good thing to be keeping in the back of your mind or the front yes. of your mind um, as, as we all uh, play in, in that mm -hmm. sandbox. But yep. you know, as, as, as to some extent, like that sandbox is, it has, it has very leaky edges and, and there will be people who find, who, who find them and, and abuse them. Mm. It's 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 part of any any technological uh, development. Yeah, 
you know, I don't think that we should stop all all development because of that. Yeah. But the, the, just keeping the an eye on that. Yeah, the stopping the development side is really more about like the the potential implications of AGI, you know, versus the, mm -hmm. the like ethical side of how these things will be potentially sure. used. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, I think great points there, and uh, uh, very similar thoughts in terms of uh, we we can't. I mean, we have to control it, but that the controlling part does not mean that we have to stop things right away and, and just like say, okay, there are leaky edges. Let me just like stop pouring everything into it and like then look at leaky edges because by then it's just going to like all get watered down and diluted. So uh, I guess. I'm, I'm curious, uh, Aishwara, uh, you know, you've been doing such a good job asking me questions. What are what are you excited about, uh, you know, as, as a, a content creator and also um as uh you know a professional in the industry um to to use ai or or, or experiment um with ai what what have you seen that that gets you excited uh yeah so for me i i think a lot of uh, uh what we were just discussing about is uh even when i was coming up with questions for you in terms of talking about uh the space uh i think both as like somebody who's building a product uh, as a part of my day job and like also somebody who's being like a creator uh, because of, of my passion towards it. I, I feel AI is, is definitely this uh, defining uh, moment right now in terms of like trying to understand, okay, there are parts of it that could be, uh, you know, like if, if you have to look at it more from a very SaaS lens, it's like a lot of it could be automated. A lot of it could like, you know, get me, I, I love this word called co-pilot because more than it being like a functioning uh, thing, I think co-pilot to me brought a lot of, you know, liberation in terms of, okay, so now I think my access to information or my, um, uh, my, the way I look at consuming information is going to definitely be redefined because as much as like we go and search for information when it comes to, let's say, uh, you know, documenting stuff or like trying to learn about a new subject, there was always like one singular way of doing it. There was always like, okay, let me just go to the search engine, put stuff up there and like whatever it's going to like throw at me, let me just go and like look through like 10 things and then figure out what's the best for me. So for me, the fact that, um, I know this is like a very little bit of a controversial take as well, but a lot of people, you know, were saying, uh, but okay, I think you keep asking, uh, let's let's take GPD, for example, like, let's take OpenAI, you keep putting this up, uh, uh, these questions up, it's going to give you answers. And, and basically, like, you know, what, what really are you learning? But for me, I think when I started using Bing chart a lot, and when I started using OpenAI a lot uh, with, with GPD, the fun part for me was it works the way your mind works in the sense that you get good at asking questions. It's going to give you like good answers. Like you get very fine tuning with what you want. Like it makes you really question to yourself that, okay, wait, do, is this really what I want? Because if you're not going to like be giving very specific things to it, your expectations of getting the right answer your, or your expectations of getting something more appropriate is, is actually not going to be very, uh, you know, like in line with it. So for me, the fact that this opens up a whole, uh, you know, line of thought for me in terms of, uh, okay, it's simplifying the job. That's one, that one way to look at it. But now I'm getting more clear about why do I want to be using it? Or what do I want to be using it for? And there are times that I, I probably fail at it. I'm like, oh, I, I think when, when people say prompt engineering is an actual job, I kind of feel that a lot now because uh, the more specific I get, the more um, information that I, I know how to, you know, tweak and get through it. I think it's, it's definitely going to like work that way for me. So that part of it sounds very interesting to me because it's giving me a very different lens of viewing how do I want to learn about new you know kinds of information how do i want to consume information and at the same time 
like i'm looking at it more as a co-pilot for myself where i kind of try to say okay so um you know the the other day the fun part was i was trying to ask bing okay so i'm just going to like organize like a heritage walk from uh, you know these 10 locations that i have now if i have to start from a random location just like order these places for me in terms of the uh, you know closest vicinity to walk through and just based on the couple of places that i gave it it gave me like a okay i think you have to start at this place you have to take uh, you know you have to go to this place next because in terms of distance this is the more most proximity uh, you know part to it and then it gave me like a whole you know reasoning to what i asked the question for and if i was not very specific about what i want and i don't think i'm going to be getting that kind of a very specific answer so i think my lens has uh, towards information search and towards consuming information and and radically like playing around with ideas has changed a lot so yeah i mean you bring up you bring up some 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 amazing points i, I like the 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 co-pilot angle uh of instead of ai replacing humans it will augment humans right it is a yes. tool that will make you more more efficient if you know how to use it right and that goes back to the prompt engineering and you know if if you haven't played around with this stuff or if you only have done it and 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 you're like oh this is cool but like it's a little bit of a toy i get it um you know the next time that you you run into a problem at work uh or 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 you run into a problem where you're like i don't know how to solve this you go to google uh for instance the other day i was like i need to send a programming thing i need to send mail from a cron job right and i was like i tried to google it and you just get all of this crap because specifically the mail you know in search can mean like uh you know the mail client on mac os or gmail or whatever right there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. search wise it's it's very very uh difficult question to to find answers for and i clicked through a whole bunch of links i just i wasn't mm. finding anything i go on to to, to chat gpt um and i was using the gpt4 but the the, the gpt 3.5 chat gpt model whatever like you go in there you 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 uh i asked the same question it gave me code to to paste in and and um, exactly and it was, yeah. it was great it wasn't perfect right like i put it in and i was just like doing this as an experiment i actually kind of know what the code did right but but it's fine that that even if i didn't and then you know i ran it and i was like okay now i'm getting this error and, and that was I, that was literally what i put what? into chat gpt you know i'm getting this error now uh and then it was like oh i'm sorry uh change oh this God, line yeah, to this yeah. right yes um, yes and, no, and, you know, very, i had a very very similar experience yeah yeah, yeah. And, but it's it's so fascinating right when when you have that that light bulb moment like that where it's like so so one analogy that i like using is you know having an ai assistant is like having a really smart friend who mm-hmm. always is there 100% of the time always available but that friend is is super intelligent they're also really autistic right and i'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing it's just they have a a very particular way where you that you have to talk to them that you have to ask them questions and how they respond right so so you have to it takes a little bit of learning around around how best to interact with them in order to mm. to, to you know, utilize them and i think if if you're not sure where to get started with ai whether you're a builder whether you're actually building you know prompts and doing the prompt engineering or whether you're fine tuning models like the 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 getting to know the 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 limits of of how to interact with with these these uh, yeah. large language models starting with chat gpt and and 
actually trying to use it for some some real world problems instead of just being like, hey, here are 10 props you can use to do whatever. <laughs> like take take a, a problem that you run into in your job, in your daily uh, routine, and just, you know, ask it like you would you would ask a friend. Again, that's a good place to, to start. Um, yeah, a good sounding board. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and then and then iterate, right? Like like have a conversation, mm-hmm. go, go, go back and forth. And you're going to learn as you go about how to utilize that more efficiently. And the, the, the final yeah. point that I'll make there is the kind of chat UX is is again like at like the version one 1.0 of how we're going to be using these things. We're going to see the, the these language models be integrated into products in all sorts of ways that aren't just text based. Um, so whether that's you know the the secondary effect of well I can speak to the to, to the product and then it turns it into text or uh, other mm-hmm. interesting ways where I can I can um, create a UI on the fly that then I interact with that that the, yeah. the, the, the you know AI agent like we're, but but uh, the place to start is with just talking with AI literally just having a conversation with it uh yes, and, yes. and and learning you know uh for your particular uh problems that 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 come up in everyday life like how you can use it to solve them yeah no uh very true and uh like all of what you just mentioned in terms of examples I think I I went through it as well like I when I was trying to tinker around a piece of code and I was trying to like you know uh uh get a piece of javascript code and i told okay well this this particular api seems to not be working i think something's wrong with it and then uh you know chat gpd showed me oh my god wait i think i i call this function outside of this so let me just go and tweak the code for you and then it kind of like it was very conversationally good and i think that's when i kind of felt that okay now i get the point why people feel so connected with it because uh of same thing that we discussed the whole natural language processing part of it where uh you try to make it not like you're talking to a machine or you're talking to uh, some sort of a uh, you know algorithm but it's mostly like a sounding board it's mostly like uh, like you said like having a friend and like trying to just bounce off ideas and 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 just like get get it augmented instead of like just i mean i don't see it as outsourcing but i think i see it more as um, co-creating and like trying to like build on top of what base knowledge you have and then use this just to get better at what you do so um, i think that possibilities Absolutely, it's a it's a tool. Um, tools that that's one of the defining things that that makes humans humans, right? Is we use yeah, tools yeah, to, yeah. to make ourselves uh, more efficient to to, to build other things. <laughs> our tools tools build on top of each other. Uh, it's just such yeah. a, a powerful and user user friendly way of of uh, uh, interfacing with computers. Yeah, that I'm just excited to see what the next couple years. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just excited to see see where this. It's very optimistic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely no. No. Totally, optimistic. Travis. Totally, yeah. Travis. Oh my God. Yeah. It's 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 definitely exciting and it's it's very um you know momentous as well because uh there's so many things that could happen just you know starting from now and we're just at uh the beginning of uh, a lot of good uh things awaiting in store for us. So, yeah. Um. Yep. Thank you so much, Travis. Uh, I think today's conversation was. Super interesting for me because a I I got to like learn this whole side of um, open sourcing, what it means to be in this space, build in this space as a, you know a product builder, and also like shifting gears to AI, talking a lot about what's excited me in in the current times, and just like you know it really felt like bouncing it off with a friend, and it it just didn't feel like we're talking for the first time. So yeah, thank well, you I so much. Like, you know, you, it's just, it's just, I also thoroughly enjoy our, our conversation. 
Um, just, just with the, the, your last friend about like, oh, it's like I'm talking to a friend. Um, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, I, hopefully I'm not an AI agent, right? <laughs> like, I mean, this not natural language conversation. No, this, this, um, uh, to the listeners, this is not. Uh, <laughs> this is not generated on AI. It's like to the real humans talking to you about what AI yes. could do. So I yes. have not generated anything here. Travis is a person. I am a person. <laughs> for 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 all that you know, I'm a person, and, and likewise. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was amazing meeting you, Aishwa. Thank you very much for having me on and uh, for the, the the great great conversation. Amazing, thanks, thanks, Travis. Mm-hmm.